The Healthy Golf Podcast, Episode 20 with Gary Boys. Welcome to the Healthy Golf Podcast, a podcast designed to help you transform your golf game and your life. Join your host, Dr. Joe O, as he chats with experts on all things golf performance to keep you feeling great and playing your best on and off the course. Before we get started with this week's interview, I wanted to remind everyone, especially if this is your first episode that you're listening to, that this is part two of a two-part series. The last episode is the first part of this interview with Gary. If you just started listening to this one, you're not going to miss anything. Uh, However, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to the last episode. That way you get the entire interview. But without further ado, enjoy part two. This one's pretty, this one's pretty good. Um, the person asked, uh, I actually remember who asked this. Uh, I sure he doesn't mind. I know he listens. Alex, if you're listening, this is your question. And he's okay. from the UK. So um, I know it's an individual sport, when, but when playing with others, I always find I play more to their ability than mine. Like when someone is having a terrible round, it drags me down to their level and I start playing bad. But playing with low handicappers, my game steps up a notch. Why and is it just me? Okay, um, Alex. No, it's not just you. It happens to all of us, and and I love playing with golfers that are better than me, uh, because I tend to raise my game, as many of you do. Uh, and this also goes back to to a mindset from, uh, and it's been around for years and years. Surround yourself with people that you want to be like. So if you're in business. Go and surround yourself with really successful, um, accomplishing superstars of the business world. If you want to be the best footballer, the soccer player, basketball player, um, baseball, whatever it may be, go and surround yourself with the best that you possibly can because you will pick up their mannerisms, what they're doing, and very subconsciously, even on 18 holes, um, you will start to hit the ball better. Be careful not to try and keep up with them. I, I played with a, um, a, a couple of scratch golfers a um, few, few months ago, um, and they were, they were bombing the, the ball probably 50 or 60 yards past me. Um, now, it's, there's no, no way I'm going to hit a 300-yard drive. But I just played my game. But all my iron shots, my tee shots, etc., were above average to what I uh, what I would normally hit, because I'm watching these guys and girls play, and I'm surrounding myself with people that I want to be like. So, no, Alex, it's certainly not just you. If you cannot, and it's not always um, workable to do this if you're in a drawn competition at the club, um, and I'm not sure what golf club uh, Alex belongs to in in the UK. But I'm sure if it's anything like mine, we have drawn competitions in in certain times. You could get any type of um, handicapper that you're playing with. If you're playing with maybe 28, 36 handicapper, um, often people would turn around and say, oh, it really, really put my off my game. Well, again, that's your fault if you let it put you off your game. But I would agree with you, Alex. It's a lot easier to play with people that are similar or better standard. But that's, again, go back to the business world. That's everything in life. Uh, Modelling, mentoring, etc. 
don't be the next, I don't know, don't, don't be the next Bryson DeChambeau. Be the next whoever you are, but be better than Bryson DeChambeau. You know, that's where we should be aiming. But take all those learnings. You know, when I, when I was growing up, um, I mean, huge, huge Tiger fan. Uh, I, I used to watch Tiger. Um, I think, oh, this is phenomenal. Uh, you could you could watch him and you start to pick up, oh, how does he do that? The stinger, well, the Tiger Woods stinger. Superb. So what do you do you next time you go down the, the, the range? You try and hit the Tiger Woods stinger. Uh, and then, of course, Bubba won the, the Masters and everyone was again swing like um, Bubba now. And I'm sure if you go down the driving range over the next couple of months, there will be people holding the club out at arm's length like Bryson. You'll also have the Matthew Wolf, uh, Wolf's uh, swing with the, the knee just before he hits the ball. Um, I'm, I'm not a purist, Joe, in terms of how you should hit the ball. Do what works. The object of, the go of golf is to get the ball in the hole in the fewest amount of shots. How you get there, I don't really care. And these people that turn around and say, oh, but Justin Rose has got a beautiful swing or Tiger in his prime had a beautiful swing. Compare them to Bubba Watson. Compare them to Jim Furyk, who's hit a 59 already. But you could never go and teach someone the Jim Furyk swing. You could never teach someone the Matthew Wolf swing. Uh, Dustin Johnson, what he does with his, if you look at his wrist, how he cocks his wrist, it's not something that most of us can do. Um, but what I say to people is do what works. Uh, and if it works for you, Fine, but the whole idea of the mind zone sort of setting this up was people were going to um, professionals and saying, uh, teaching professionals and saying, oh, teach me like this. I want to I want to swing like this. And there's some brilliant teaching pros out there. There's some some that will show you a video of, I don't know, Justin Rose or Tiger and say, that's the perfect golf swing. And these people ain't nothing like Tiger or Justin Rose. And they ain't ever going to be able to swing like that. So look at how you're swinging. Yes, you can You can generally improve certain things. But, of course, um, think about what's going on up here. Uh, funny thing, actually, I, I spoke to the, uh, a good friend of mine, a, a pro in, in England, and I sent him a message the other day and said, you need to help me. I need to get 20 more yards on my drive. Now, most people, Joe, uh, most pros would turn around to me and say, oh, it depends on your swing plane or your club head speed or this or the other. Now, this guy's very much like me. He said, no problem, Gary. They said, pop down and I'll show you how. That was it. No sort of, you know, it depends on this, it depends on that. He was, he's, he's put in my mind, oh, another 20 yards, that's possible. So I can go down there and he'll, he'll give me, some, I know he'll give me some techniques and how to get another 20 yards um but going back to um the, the the question of surround yourself with decent players yeah um you're not alone alex um, it happens to everyone but if you do happen to be drawn with players that aren't to your level and that's why we've got a handicap system then again i'm going to use that word i'm going to bore you to death with this one tonight process Keep going through your process. People turn around and say, oh, yeah, but I've been looking for balls and I've been doing this and the golf is slow because if I'm playing with a 28 handicapper, they're likely to take a lot more shots than me. So what? Well, 
you know, hit your drive down the middle. And while you're looking for their ball, have a chat with them, enjoy the surroundings, look at the birds, look at the trees and think, do you know what? Life ain't bad really, is it? And then eventually when you get to your ball, you get into your mindset, you go through your process and you hit the ball. So, yeah, it's, I, I do get it's a tough one, um, but I'll recommend to anyone, if, if you want to be the best dentist uh, in the world, dental technician, who are you going to go to study with? Well, the best dental uh, person. If you want to be the best doctor, go and find out what they're doing here. I, I've been, uh, I spent long, long, uh, many hours uh, in the company of some of the um, great mind experts um, in in terms of people like Richard Richard Bandler, uh, neuro linguistic programming. Uh, go along to them. There's YouTube things. If you're in business, any type of business, and you Americans have got this stitched up here, uh, Joe. People like um, Tony Robbins, people like Russell Brunson, people like uh, Dean Graziosi. Um, loads of these, but they, these are world class leaders. They know exactly what they're doing. Yes, they will get you to buy their product, and that's how clever they are at marketing. But they know what they're doing. So why am I going to go and read a book and start from scratch? No, I go. I can speak to an expert and say, I know this much. I'm going to learn this bit. We're not going to start from scratch. So this is, if you imagine evolution's there, mankind has learned this much so far. But if you want to go and discover yourself, don't go back there. Start there. You know, because all this we know about now, let's go and look at the unknown, exactly what Bryson DeChambeau's done. You know, yep. We know how to swing a club. We've done this. We've done that. Right. How can I take it to the next level? Right, I'm going to beef myself up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take a new strategy. It may not have worked at the US Open, but for Bryson, it did. And people, again, Joe, will often say to me, if I do this, do you think this will work? And my stock answer always is, I don't know. Let's find out. And they say, yeah, but is it, is, is it worth having a go? I don't know. Let's find out. And until you do it, you won't know if it's going to work or not. And if it doesn't work, that's fine, because we learn from that. And what we do is then we turn around and say, OK, let's um, let's adjust this. Let's adjust that. Let's go again. If it works, fantastic. I'll tell you what, Bryson didn't turn around suddenly in lockdown and say, I'm going to invent a new golf swing and I'm going to do this. This is a long term project, he said. Long term project. So. Alex, sorry to waffle on there a little bit, but you're you're not alone. Um, if you can surround yourself with people that are better than you in terms of golf, I'll also suggest you do it in life as well. If you hang around with a bunch of idiots, you'll become an idiot pretty quickly. If you hang around with a load of genius, guess what? You're going to be a genius as well. It really is that simple. Yep, I was. That was my first thought. You know, you 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 are the product of the five people that you hang out with the most. Sure. One thing I always like to say is, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. You need to get in a better room basically. And, yeah. uh, all, also what you said too, um, in terms of trying things, um, that first thought to me came was like in terms of physical therapy or most medical things. Uh, I mean, we don't really have a right answer for yeah. you. We yeah. know we can recognize patterns 
and we see certain things and that allows us to take a really highly educated guess of what we think is going to be best for that person sitting in front of us. But we don't know if that's going to work. I mean, all the time I tell people, especially with low back pain, I mean, I've seen time and time again, the same person that would, you know, present the same way as 10 other people. And, you know, I think I'm like, all right, well, I'm pretty confident that this is going to work. Let's try it. Doesn't work. Makes their symptoms, makes their symptoms worse. Yeah. And I go, Hmm, well, that doesn't make sense. But I always let them know, like, all right, well, we're going to give this a try. I'm pretty positive. This is going to help, but I'm not, you know, I'm not hundred percent in that answer. I mean, everyone's a little bit different, especially with this, you know, kind of thing and then give it a try. And then it either works or it doesn't. I mean, it's not life or death. I'm not doing anything that's going to possibly kill them. So it's going to be, you know, something that is like, well, all right, well, we've found out. We did learn one thing, though. If it does make their symptoms worse, especially really bad, it's like, well, we don't want to do that. So let's do the opposite. (laughs) There's a brilliant quote from Edison, Thomas Edison, when he was inventing the light bulb. Uh, And... uh, most most humans give up after after on average if we try something and we can't do it after three times we give up but edison invented this light bulb and, and the saying goes and i think it to be fair it's a made-up number um but they reckon it took him a thousand attempts to actually create the light bulb because what he would do is, is get a filament and, a, and a, a bulb plug it in now it didn't work okay well i'm going to adjust this let's try that no it still doesn't work Let's do this. Now it doesn't work. They reckon it took him a thousand times. And people used to say to him, Thomas, why don't you just give up? It's clearly not working. When he finally did it, apparently the thousandth time, I think that's too convenient, but but we go with it. Um, when he did it, they said, oh, well done. You, you've invented the light, light bulb, but why didn't you give up? He said, no. He said, I found 999 ways how not to make a light bulb. And he didn't keep doing the same thing over and over again. Every time it didn't work, he adjusted it, he tried it and changed something else. And put that in the golf world, you know, if you are slicing the ball or if you're hooking the ball or whatever, uh, there's a reason. It's not the ball. Let me tell you that now. It's not the ball. It's probably not your clubs. It's probably you. So try something and say, oh, I can't draw the ball. Okay, let's have a look. Now, uh, people won't even have a go because they don't want to. Um, now, I'm, I'm generally not a drawer of the ball at all. I have to really think about drawing the ball. But one particular hole, strangely enough, I played today. Um, only a par three, but it had a tree. Uh, whoever put the um, pin placement, it was on the left-hand side of the green. They'd put the T over the left-hand side. And there was a big oak tree in the middle. So I couldn't go straight at the pin. The only way I could do it was to draw it round. So I selected a club and, and I've tried it. Do you know what? It was only a friendly game. And if it hadn't have worked, it's not the end of the world. I ended up on the green, two parts, walk off with a par. Thanks very much. But you've got to try these things. Uh, and the more you, if, if you do it once, you think, actually, I can draw the ball. So you do it again and you do it again. And this is something I always say, make practice efficient rather than just smashing balls and what have you. Now, if you want to learn to draw, don't accept you can't draw the ball. Anyone can draw the ball. Anyone can fade the ball, hook it, etc. But it all takes time. And these wonderful pros that we watch, the ladies and the guys on tour, don't forget we are probably hitting 20 balls before we go and play a round of golf as a little warm-up. They're hitting 
three or 400 balls every day. They're trying new things every day. I guarantee you, Bryson DeChambeau will be out there this week trying something different. He's just won the US Open. Go and do what you've done. No, no, no. He's going to try because he wants to improve. And he's the, already the, said that he's going to try uh, longer drivers, like that are three inches longer than the standard driver. Yeah. And he's testing them with Cobra, I think, this week. Yeah. And, and he can get another 20 yards, Joe. He that, said his goal is to hit it 360, 370, if not further. Well, well. Is it possible? Uh, I absolutely believe it is. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting one, uh, Padre Harrington. Uh, three-time major winner, won the Open back-to-back and USPGA, I believe, wasn't it? Uh, um, He just won three majors within two years and he goes to change his swing. And people are saying, why are you doing this? Because they want to get better. Anyone in this sort of sporting world wants to continually improve. Woods, at his peak, still wanted to get better. And anyone, you look in any sport, any business, we always want to get better. Because if we don't get better, we tend to stop and we, we, we just go back to where we were. So we've always got to look at getting better, without doubt. Without a doubt. All right, and, Gary. Let's see. What else have we got? Is there anything else on there, Joe? Yeah, yeah. We have a few more things. Good, good. Um, let's see. Some of them we've already talked about. Um, this one we have not. So I think this was maybe from your friend Mark. Okay, um, well, I, can't, I can't recall. Yeah, so yep. today. Yeah. yeah. Um, he says, "What about when you know you can hit that decent drive or decent iron to the green, and you visualize it, you stand over it, focus on what needs to be done, but you still duff it?" Yeah, yeah, and we've all we've we've all been there. Um. Rotella said, Dr. Bob uh, said, golf is not a game of perfect and you can do everything possible to hit the best shot. It won't always come off. It won't always come off. Especially, again, if you're hitting, if Bryson wants to hit 370, 380, um, if you're hitting a drive 200 yards and you're one degree out, you're probably still going to be on the fairway. If you're hitting a ball 370 yards and you're one degree out, you're probably in the rubbish. It could have gone out of bounds or, or, or anything. So it's it's all those degrees of what you've got to play with. Um, all I would say, and I've said this to Mark, um, strangely enough, Mark, if he's either tuning in tonight, so he might be out there. If not, I'm sure he'll be listening. Um, all I've said to Mark is just stand on the tee, go through your process, pick a target line. When we've played today, um, we, we played at Mark's course. He's his captain this year. And uh, I've not played the course for a couple of years. So I needed a bit of sort of memory memory jogging. And most tees I stood on there. And I said, what does a good shot look like here? And what I want him to tell me is put it over that, that third tree or line up with the, the roof in the distance, etc. Uh, what I don't want him to tell me, uh, and which he didn't, is don't go left because there's water over there uh, and don't go right because you'll be in the rough or it's out of bounds or whatever. Just when you're on the tee, just tell me, where do you want me to put the ball? I can't always guarantee I'll put it there, but that's going to be my target line. 
And if you, again, go through your process, uh, that word again, and you do free up your mind and only think about that thought of swinging through the club. We talk about swing thoughts when you're playing golf. And if you go and see a, a teaching pro say, well, make sure your left arm's straight or if you're left-handed, vice versa, make sure you do this, transfer your weight from your... That's far too much to think about when you're playing golf. And I always say, have one thought, whatever it may be. Um, something that I use quite a lot is uh, just the word finish, uh, which is when I've, when I've made my swing, where's my finish? With my club behind me, etc. And see this guy, where are we? That side. Um, nice finish. You know? And if I think in that, that's my swing thought. I've done everything I possibly can, teed the ball up, and I'm about to take the driver back. I'm going through my process. All I'm thinking is, in my mind, finish. Because if I, if I finish really well, I've probably hit a decent strike. Um, so that's what I would certainly say to Mark. Um, he played really well today. Um, I don't think he duffed many at all, if any. Um, but, yeah, great question, Mark. Um you've got to accept a bit of acceptance here that you ain't always going to hit great shots. You know, the number one player in the world, Dustin Johnson. Well, if Dustin's number one, why didn't he win last night at the US Open? Well, because Bryson and a few others were just in front of him. He, he didn't hit every shot perfect and no one can. Uh, it's about minimising those misses. Uh, so if, if you miss the ball, um, Again, thought process is, okay, I've left it in the bunker or I've left it short of the green. Make sure the next one is on the green. Don't take two out of the bunker. Most pros, uh, most strong-minded pros, will they'll hit a bad shot. They'll never hit two in a row uh, because they, they stop. They go through their process. So Yeah, my, thought, my first thought comes to when uh, Rory just had a bad shot in the U.S. Open where he stuffed it right out and just only went, I don't even know, less than 20 yards right into water right in front of him, right? I mean, how how relatable is that to most people? Oh. Probably pretty relatable. We thought it was human then, Joe. We actually thought right. it was human. But yeah, it was in it was in long rough. Um most of us would turn around and say, wedge it out, take your take your medicine, just wedge it out. But he thought he could get on there. Uh and he still th thought he could get on there even if you spoke to him afterwards. Um, he thought the line was fine, but he just come up on it too much. And yeah, about 20 yards. I think that was the week before, wasn't it? In the BMW. Oh, yeah, you might be right, actually. You uh, might be right. Uh, yeah, that's most right. people will remember it, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, these you ain't always going to hit perfect shots, but minimize the bad shots. And that's all the handicap is. You know, these pros hit far more consistent shots than I do. I hit far more consistent shots in a. 15 handicapper than a 28 handicapper but that 28 handicapper is still capable of hitting a perfect golf shot i.e holding one or putting it on the green they're all capable of doing that i'm likely to do it more than a 28 handicapper a pro is likely to do it more than me that's all the handicap is that's yeah. it that's it i think one of the biggest things too is probably trying to realize uh what the pros actually do and can do in terms of just having realistic expectations for yourself. I know I had um, a good friend of mine. He's trying to really work on his putting. 
And he was mentioning, you know, I'm not going to be happy until I'm making everything within eight feet. And so I was just kind of curious and I looked up the stats of like what PGA pros are hitting at eight feet. Well, there wasn't eight feet, I don't think, but at uh, 10 feet less, just less, I believe, less or somewhere right around 50% Mm. of PGA pros are making that putt consistently. Yeah. And so to have the expectation of yourself as a, as an amateur yeah, to make 100% of putts mm-hmm. from within eight feet is a great goal. Don't get me wrong. Nothing was shooting for it, but it's not realistic. Not that realistic. Um, Strange enough. I'm not sure if you've read it yet. I sent a user chat over the weekend talking about it. part of it, but yeah, expectations all about expectations because, um, we need to control expectations, what, what we can physically do. Um, and we'll get far more enjoyment out of our golf if we if we start to do that. Um, and, and be realistic, you know, with, with what you can and can't do, uh, with, without doubt. I'll, I'll put a little plug in here because I know you kindly put my link in last time. Oh, so yeah. when, when we send this out, I'll if I send you the link, you can probably put it underneath and anyone's sure. in. There's a little newsletter if, if you subscribe to it, free of charge as well. How good's that? But every month, um, I'll, I'll send something out with a few tips and what have you. And so, yeah, I'll strangely enough, expectations that's my topic this month. Yeah, perfect. Um, the last person we we pretty much talked about some of these, um, forgetting the last shot, particularly bad ones, uh, putting under pressure. We talked about that a little bit on the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Together, and then staying engaged while having a bad round. I'm not exactly sure uh, what they're getting at there. I mean, I mean, you can. I guess you can either just continue to enjoy that the fact that you're playing golf and you're outside playing yeah. a game. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I'm, I feel like we definitely kind of touched on that. I guess if you want to improve your on your bad round, which always goes back to to the process. Which I have a process. I have a question for you. Okay. about the process since mm-hmm. everyone has an individual process how do you um end up maybe recommending to anyone like how to help them find or develop their develop process uh, i mean it's a great question joe um often if, if i do a mind zone we, we have mind zone master classes which is a lot sm- if i go into a golf club there's 40 50 60 people or whatever and I always invite people to a masterclass, which is a one-day event, uh, generally about 12 people. So it's really it's sort of not intense in a bad way, but you've got enough attention on you. And during that time, we actually start to develop processes um, and what I call anchors, trigger points, etc. cetera, um, just by using your mind. And I'll actually get someone to stand up or come and sit down um, with, with me and we talk through a golf hole. So it could be a par three, especially if it's something that maybe their own course that is a bit of a nemesis hole that they don't generally score well on. And I'll actually talk them through um, how they're feeling. Because what I want to do that your mind picks up all your senses. So I'll actually get them to sit and say, okay, what, what do you see on this hole? And most of them tell me all about all the hazards rather than the, the, flag on the, the pin or whatever the fairway they'd so they point all the hazards to me um 
And I say, okay, just close your eyes and now think about what colors you see. Because people often turn around and say, when you know how to hit the ball? And it's a question I'll often ask them. How do you know it's the right time to hit the ball? People say, well, when it feels okay, brilliant. How do you feel? Oh, I've never thought about that. So we start to get into feelings, colours, sounds, etc. Some people can play golf with loads of noise going on around them. Others needs to be absolutely quiet. And if someone, if you're playing a game and someone's putting their clubs away or taking off their glove, that can distract you if you let it. So again, it's about developing this process. Um, I would, the easiest way if, if I'm not there, uh, it's, it's great if I'm on a mind zone class with you, but if I'm not there, easiest way to develop a process is go and find out. So hit a great shot. And if it is a great shot, just note, okay, how did I feel? Where was my weight? Um, what was my process beforehand? Did I just step straight up to the ball and hit it? Or did I step back? Did I hold my club up and line up? Did I do one, two or three practice swings, however many practice swings you need? Um, and note that down. Again, I'm going to say this, Joe, write it down. Write it down. We forget things. So write it down. That was a great shot. Write that one down. So I three pra uh, practice swings. Uh, I put my glove on towards the end. And often I call this stepping over the line. So do all your preparation, your pre-shot process before you address the ball. So you, you've measured it, you've put the bushnell or your measuring device on it. You know what club you're going to hit. You might have a couple of swings behind the ball. Only when you feel ready do you step up to the ball. But before then is your pre-shot routine, your process. Uh, and anyone can develop this. Easiest way is to go and do it. Find out what works. And if it's great, if you hit, hit a great shot, write it down. You'll suddenly start to see patterns emerging. When you hit a bad shot, don't worry about it. Don't write anything down. Just say, okay, it's a bad shot. Let's go again. We go down to the next one. And after a few rounds, you will start to actually build up your own workable process. It will become then second nature. Um, a lot of people have putting processes rather than Personally, I think you should have a process for everything. Second shots, chips, bunker shots, putts, the whole lot. But a lot of people tend to practice more or have a process for putting. Um, and I'm going to give you another tip here, free of charge. When people are putting, they generally sort of visualize the ball, what line it's going to go on. And they pull the putter back and they have a couple of practice swings, etc. And again, the pros do this. Nothing wrong with that at all. But they then roll the ball up and it stops, I don't know, two, three, four foot from the hole. This is what I want people to stop doing. Because some of your playing partners and some of mine do this. They step up to it and say, I'll try and finish that. And you say, yeah, by all means. If it's an opponent, I say, yeah, you can try. Because I really detest that word try. Because try generally means we're going to fail. I would much rather them step up, uh, and this is something that I do, step up to the ball and say, I'll finish that. It's a positive affirmation. And your mind says, you're going to finish it. Okay, yeah, you're going to finish it. As soon as you put try before, 
it puts a little bit of doubt into your mind. And your mind says, well, you try, but if it doesn't go in, it really doesn't matter. So I would, I would ban the word try. Go and have a great day tomorrow. Okay, I'll try. No, don't try. Do. Go and have a great day tomorrow. Um, when, you're, when you're driving with your process, what, what do you need me to do? I need you to go down the left-hand side, just bring it back onto the fairway. And people say, okay, I'll, I'll try and do that. No, don't try. Do it. It won't always happen, Joe, but far more chance of it happening if you give yourself a positive affirmation, this is my intent, this is what I'm going to do. Because uh, I love playing against people, certainly in match play, when they turn around and say, oh, I'll try and do this and I'll try and do that. And I think I've got you already. Um, so ban the word try uh, from any process. Write down your process, right, stand behind the ball, line it up with your target, um, two practice swings or however many you want. Then put your glove on, then step up to the ball, go through your swing. Don't think about anything else. Finish is, is mine. But it could be some people hum, some people have a silly word that they say. It can be anything, but it's that's their swing process. Uh, and again, if I'm more than happy to sort of do this offline, uh, run through any processes for your golf with you, and anyone listening, uh, by all means, contact me. Uh, if I can help you, I'll certainly do that. Perfect. Just talking about try, I believe there is a famous quote from a uh, fake character named Yoda. It says do or do not and there is no try so yeah yeah it's great way. great yep i'm glad you recorded that i might nick that one from you joe perfect yeah fantastic fantastic um yeah we're done with all the questions gary any uh we won't go through those those fun questions that we did last time if anyone wants to hear your responses they can go back to episode 12 yes um, but any last uh, words of advice or anything along those lines for for anyone that may be listening to this? That um, you know, anything really to improve their mindset or whatever yeah, whatever you want to give advice on. All I would possibly say is remember why you play golf. Remember why you play golf. Um, it's meant to be fun. It's it's meant to be enjoyable. Um, a, a massive fan. I think I said last time of Ian Poulter, uh, and Ian very is very big on social media. And he came off, he missed the cut on Friday at the US Open. And he came off and he recorded, he does a lot of videos, um, got, gets a lot of followers. And he was saying, I hate US Opens. Uh, they drive me mad, really, I really hate them. Is it any wonder Ian doesn't play well at US Opens? Uh, because he used to say that about Wentworth, the, the BMW at Wentworth, uh, the BMW Championship. Uh, he used to come out and say, the course doesn't suit me. Uh, strangely enough, when he was at risk of losing his card and he had to play, uh, strangely enough, the course suited him. But, you know, we're talking about top, top level. For us, mere mortals who enjoy a game of golf, please remember it's we do this for fun. Don't go out and beat yourself up. You know, don't get angry. Uh, I, put a, I think you saw it, Joe. I put a quote out the other day, something about... Uh, Someone was, uh, God was asked, what, what, what's anger? He said, it's punishment that we give ourselves for someone else's mistake. But it's not always someone else's mistake. It's more often than not our own. But why fester on it? Why worry about it? Let it go. You know, just let it go. If you've missed a putt, don't worry about it. I know that was a question we were looking at tonight, Joe. You know, how do you 
get rid of that bad shot from your mind. Well, if you've missed a putt, um, you can't do anything about it. It's a game of consequence. You've got to count it. Um, a lot of people, Tiger used to count to 10. Um, if he'd made a bad putt or if he'd hit a really good shot because he wanted it from the adrenaline, he wanted to just calm himself down. So he'd just count to 10. But I often say to people, if you're walking off, because people often need a visual response, you're walking off the green, you've just missed a bad putt. Imagine yourself stepping over the the um, the, the side of the green uh, onto the fringe, and there's a line, always a line there, isn't there, as you get onto the fringe. Imagine yourself, I've stepped over the line, I've left the bad shot behind. Um, often, uh, again, a guy told me this years ago, and I love this one, um, he said, if I ever hit a bad shot, I look up in the sky, he said, and I look for an aeroplane or a bird flying away from me, he said, I imagine it taking the bad shot away. Um, again, it doesn't matter how you do this, but if you hang on to that missed putt onto the next tee, you are likely to have a poor tee shot. You've got to accept it. Acceptance is a wonderful thing. Leave the Leave the bad shot there. Move on. Let's go. So yeah, Perfect. have fun. That, that's my last my my last word. Have Great. fun, so. Gary. If anyone wants to get in contact with you, I know last time we linked up all the things, but if you just want to say them, like where can people get in contact with you if they yeah, want I mean, to uh, you ask you questions to, or work with you? You you can. I, I know you're going to put a link under here. Um, you can um, email me on Gary at the mind hyphen zone dot com. You can go have a look on the website www.themind-zone.com um, but drop me a line if you go on if you're on instagram give me a follow if you're on facebook uh, look up the mind zone the mind zone on instagram i'm on twitter as well um, so there's loads and loads of ways to get hold of me um, but if i can help any of you out there then drop me a line and I'm, i'd be delighted to do so Perfect. And like, like I said, I'll, I'll get all of those linked up in the show notes and underneath this in the, uh, in the group here, wherever. Um, but yeah, Gary, I appreciate you coming on, answering all, all these people's questions and uh, really yeah. helping out everyone in terms of mindset for their golf game. Excellent. Excellent. Joe, it's been a pleasure once more. And um, let's do it again. If anyone's got questions, they want to fire at you, you know, a couple of months time or whatever. Um where the, the world may be slightly less crazier than it is right now. Um, and again, that's a mindset. I'm telling you now, we will get there. I don't know what it's going to look like, but we will get there. That's right. Yep. Yeah, we can definitely do this again. Uh, look forward to it. I always, I always learn something new from you, so it's great. Brilliant. Thanks, Joe. You take care. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Healthy Golf Podcast. Again, like I mentioned in, in the beginning of this episode, if you didn't catch the first part of this interview with Gary, please go back and listen to episode 19. Again, you're not going to miss anything if you choose not to listen to it in terms of this episode, but I do think there are other great points that Gary made in that first part of the interview. So again, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to that. If you would like to have some of your questions answered, whether that has to do with the mental aspect of the game, health, fitness, just general golf, nutrition, injuries, doesn't matter, please feel free to send me a message at joe at puredrivephysio.com and I'll link that below in the show notes. And um, Or you can join the Healthy Golf 
uh, Facebook group that I have for free. Also, that link is in the show notes as well. So feel free to join that where you can get a lot more content than just this. Um, but ask your questions and have, have answers. Um, but as always, I am forever grateful for you taking the time to listen and download to this podcast. Um, if you haven't done so already, I am going to ask if you wouldn't mind subscribing, uh, sharing, and rating and reviewing the show on whichever platform that you're listening to. That greatly helps uh, the show get found a little bit more. That way we can help other people just get better at golf and be healthier overall. Um, but until next time, I guess we will officially wrap this up. Keep doing great at whatever you're doing. Keep striving for excellence because when you feel great, you golf great.